Welcome to our podcast, We're Not So Different. I'm Samira. And I'm Ali. We're two professionals having real conversations about our experiences at home, work, and out in the community. We tell our stories through the lens of our different backgrounds to just find out that we're not so different. In our podcast, we'll explore ways that we can improve engagement and bridge social gaps while trying to find the humor in it all. Check us out on social media at WNSDifferent or email us at WNSDifferent at gmail.com. Our topic for today is I'm not what you see on TV. So we hope in this episode to cover things such as how environment and external forces shape cultural perceptions, how does, it repre- how does the media represent us, meaning all of us, and do we use anecdotal evidence in our daily lives to support self-fulfilling stereotypes or perceptions about other groups of people? So I guess I'll kick this one off. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not what you see on TV. So one thing that I would say is, does environment external forces shape cultural perceptions? 100%, right? I think we all can say that things that we see on TV or in media can definitely shape our perceptions of other people. And I want to caveat this, though, by saying the less exposure that someone has to a group, the more likely they are to take their notes or their thoughts from television, from information, right? If you think right. about cultures that are, that are you know, halfway around the world, if their only view of African-Americans, for example, is what they've seen on Martin and In Living Color, then they have a very specific viewpoint, right? right? Outside of athletes, right? So everyone that comes over there that's over six foot tall must be a black basketball player from people that I know that have visited China, for example, right? Well, they don't even have to visit China, just here in the United States. <laughs> right. Like, my son is, um, I think he's 6'3", mm. and he has been 6'3 for a very long time. And he's just turned 18, so, I mean, he's been six. Two six three since he was 16, 17 years okay. old. But he's always been tall. And he is everyone's first question is always, do you play football? Because he's yeah. not just tall. He's broad and yeah. like a wall. So it here as well. You know, sure. you're big. You're strong looking. And yeah, yeah. he's also black. Yeah. So are you an athlete? And... I always say, no, he's an artist. <laughs> and they're like, oh, well, that's what <laughs> yeah, you're right. right, yeah, yeah. And that's true. <laughs> it's funny that the response you get is, oh, that's different. And because, I mean, because that's the common perception, right? But that's, but part of that perception when we talk about media is that's how we are portrayed, mm-hmm. right? That that the black guy is the athlete, right? So right. if there's scenes at a park playing basketball, there's black guys out there playing basketball right. or football, or the sports themselves are pushed, or the communities mm-hmm. in where the, where these folks grew up, they push athleticism, right? Because that's part of that is just, well, this is your way out, right? Yeah. It's not education. Yeah. This is your way out. So we're going to stuff the football pipeline and the basketball pipeline with as many, you know, yeah. black kids as we can possibly find. Right? Is it also fair to say, and this is very... This is a very big stereotype that I'm going to say, <laughs> but I'm going to say it anyways. Yeah. Um, is it also fair to say that in general, the 
black people tend to be better athletes yes. than other um, cultures. W- without a doubt. Um, so we, so this is where it's interesting because, you know, part of, part of media is what part does history play in how you're perceived, right? What mm-hmm. part of history, what, what part does history play in what you actually do? Mm-hmm. Right. So, and I know this would be one of those things like, Oh, you know, we always got to go back to slavery sort of thing. Right. But you know, I mean, facts are facts. Yeah. So, for us in this country, part of what existed before slavery was the slavery of Native Americans, right? right? And because physically it was too much of a burden, they moved to enslaving Africans. So they tried to enslave the Native populations mm-hmm. here in the here in the Americas, and that's that's been well documented, right? Sure. Even even um, even the southern um, the southern Western Hemisphere, they did. Even after they started using Africans, they bred us, right? Like it was, it wasn't like accidental, like, oh, if you procreate, you procreate, whatever. No, no, it was actual, let's, I'm going to take a African male or post-African male slave from this plantation and send him to another plantation to breed with a woman there because he's one of my strongest bucks, which is a term they used to use, Right. They used to call African slaves the men bucks. Wow, hundred percent. Like a deer. Like a deer, right? So when they when you think about now when they use the term prize buck, they're talking about the alpha male deer with the biggest antlers, the sure. biggest shoulders, the biggest neck, right? Yeah. Um, as a you know for trophy hunters. Yeah. So, and there is documentation that supports there were in Florida there were places that they had set up where they actually bred. Right. They actually bred young bucks and young, I guess at this point, African-American women. Right. And they would. And when they when they talked about that in some of the in some of the the um, some of the writings, they would talk about a fertile, young, you know, African woman of 22, 23 years of age, fertile. She can be. So they, they talked about you in 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 a form of chattel, right? Like they would a horse, right? Or they yeah. would a cow or a bull or what have you, right? Yeah. Like they, I mean, they, they do that practice now with animals. So you fast forward that, the system has pushed you through 250 years of slavery to be the strongest, the most physically dominant, to produce all of this stuff through manual labor. You carry it forward, right, after, you know, once you get into sports and that sort of thing, right? Mm-hmm. You fast forward to today, that's part of it is breeding, mm-hmm. right? Because I'm sure you can go to other parts of the world mm-hmm. where there are other people of color or dark-skinned folks mm-hmm. that have not been bred the way folks have been bred here, mm-hmm. and their body types are slightly different, right? And, of course, you can factor in a little bit of, of, of you know, interracial, interracial marriages, interracial children, but if you breed a group of people a certain way, then that's it. Just like, just like if you go to China, people are very slight. Right, they're very thin. Oh, they're are they bred teeth. that way? I'm not saying that they're bred. No, oh, no, like, yeah, yeah. No, let's be let's be fair. <laughs> like, they're, they're not bred that way. I'm saying, but if you take a group from a different part of the country, right, and then you just focus solely on uh, not country, a different part of the world, and you focus solely on breeding just the biggest, the best, the oh, brightest, or what have you, yeah, yeah. you can sort you can over time change that. Create that, right? You can create strong, healthy, you know, strong, healthy, physically dominant folks. So. Right. Um, so, so to your point, yes, I agree. A long explanation for, to say that I agree with you on that, that, that is what we've pushed towards, but you know, it's just that 
the the physical nature of of what we do, right? What we did then and now it's kind of it kind of has similarities, right? So would you say and this is a generalization that there's a lot of truth behind stereotypes as well? It depends on which ones. Okay. Right? So I think if you say that that you know all black folks are athletes, that's not true. Just like if you were to say, well, all all white men are doctors, right? Or all white you men are lawyers. You could say that about Iranians or Indians or... Pop- exactly. You know, like all, the Middle right, East like, culture. Like, you know, now, Asian culture. Right, now in the Bay Area. Oh, well, <laughs> I'm joking. No, no, yeah, no but, but, you can, but you can, though, because... So here's one thing. Let's, let's, let's flip it over to a career aspect, right? Because right. they, they've done these, you know, where they do the... the um, uh, cultural bias, right? Where they right. they flash the photos of who's the person that works in the accounting department, and they'll show an Asian male with glasses on, and then they'll show you know like a punk rock looking white chick, mm. right? And your mind immediately goes says, oh well, it's got to be the Asian guy, right? Right with the glasses. When I was growing up in the nineties, right, what was always presented to us? Well, Asians are good at math, sure, yeah, right. Yeah. When you go to an accounting department, the ones that I've worked in, right, at multiple different companies. Uh-huh. There are a lot of Asians in accounting. Okay. Are they better at math? I can unequivocally tell you no. They're not. <laughs> Based on experience, right? No biases. Right. No biases there. That's <laughs> just fact, right? And if you take pieces, right? We talk not to say that they're not. No, exactly. But it's not. We're not. Because, you can't generalize. You cannot generalize like that, right? right? There, there, are, there are people that, that go to the upper echelon of intelligence yeah. in every group. Yeah. And there are people that you can find in these same groups that are at the bottom echelon of intelligence. Right. Because I knew a, a couple Asian dudes growing up that probably couldn't add two plus two. Right. And then I know some that were very intelligent and, and majored in statistics and math and whatnot. So, mm-hmm. so I think that stereotypes are a scary, scary thing because there are always outliers. Mm-hmm. Right. And it, and it could depend on where you grew up and where you go. Mm-hmm. It's easy to say that. Like if you say, oh, well, I live in an area where it's the worst part of the inner city and there's a bunch of black kids there and nobody wants to go to school. Mm-hmm. It's easy to say that. But if you go to the sub- suburb area of a place that's populated heavily by African-Americans, maybe in Atlanta or in Chicago or in D.C. or in Philly, mm-hmm. that's that doesn't stay. It doesn't hold water. Mm-hmm. Right. So I think sometimes stereotypes and that's why, you know, we want to touch on the self-fulfilling prophecy piece of it mm-hmm. is because you, you can say, well, this is the stereotype I believe. Therefore, I'm going to look for that specific, that specific self-fulfilling sure. thing. Do right. we really think Obama is the only black man capable of being president? You got to be kidding me. No. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? Like how many intelligent black men do I know? Do you know where you can say like, yeah, I mean, compared to other presidents and I'll leave them unnamed, you got to be kidding me, right? Oh, absolutely. Several presidents, not just exactly current ones. We can pick several out of the 40, 45, 44, excuse me, out 45. of the 44. Isn't he Obama was a 44, so we're at 45 we're now, at 45 so they're 44 non-black, right? Correct, yes, yeah. out of the 44 non-black. So, um, so what about for you, though? Like, what about, like, what is the stereotype for Iranian? Right, other than people hearing about, like, oh, I know they're over there and they're selling oil and they don't do sure, this yeah. and they don't do it all with us <laughs> and they have weapons of mass destruction and we don't think they should have it. And yeah, well, that was that's not true. We don't. But I, you know, I think if I look at it at different stages of my life, 
it's it's evolved, right? So when I was younger, there really wasn't any representation of mm -hmm. an Iranian or, um, you know, if, if you want to bunch me, uh, group me in with like a Arabs mm -hmm. um, as well. We didn't have a lot of representation um, outside of, uh, you know, the terrorist. You were the middle. The hostage hold the, you know, I remember watching a movie uh, of the, where they were like taking over a plane. They were like, they were Arab and yeah, yeah. Know, things like that. Because people just look at it as the Middle East, right? They yeah, just yeah. Say, they don't look at it. You're like, Middle Eastern, you're so Middle that's Eastern. all of you. Yeah, all. you're all like, Arab. We're all Arab. Exactly. And we're very different. We have different languages. Um, you know, our origins are different. But um, and we actually, you know, technically don't get along. It's one of those things <laughs> where it's like, you know, like different people within the same minority group that yeah. don't get along. Like, for of example, course. the Latino community. Yeah. If you call a Colombian, ask a Colombian if they're Mexican, they right. might be like, what? <laughs> right. And I get right. it because it's like, it's not to be, I mean, they might mean it that way, but it, it, it's just that that's not who I am. Correct. Right. And just because I look that way, d please don't classify me that way. Correct. You know, this country ask, and that country me. is different, right? Yeah. Ask it's me one of those things. So as a kid, there was a lot of, you know, uh, I was called a sand nigger. I was called a camel jockey, mm. things like that. And, you know, I don't look traditionally Middle Eastern, but my name is very Middle Eastern. Yeah. So, and I was very proud of being Iranian. So I was like, yeah, I'm Iranian. Anytime we did a country project, it was Iran. Or mm -hmm. I was, you know, quick to volunteer to do any of those things. Um, so as a kid, it was more, you know, our perception was you know we were terrorists or we had oil money right. which i did not i had neither of those things. <laughs> <laughs> i grew up on the west side right talking about a stereotype you wish was true right, right exactly exactly <laughs> then as you grow as i grew up and you know clueless came out did you watch clueless of Alicia course not but i'm familiar with it okay <laughs> so they had the persian mafia in clueless oh really right oh, and they all owned bmws and it was very la persian persian la and so when that came out, there was like a little different, like we were like pretentious and like, uh, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. all made up and, yeah. and things like that. And it's funny how that immediately changed it. Right, because that was folks. That was their in experience. My generation, outside of no, right, yeah, of course, my of course. In the older generation, I think they were still very much your terrorist. Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> you're but, a terrorist. You hate us. But that's you a, are that's a good point. That's a good point to call out. And I just want to pause for a second mm -hmm. because in your area, in your age group, that movie influenced yeah. what people who did not necessarily know things that weren't that aren't taught in school. Mm -hmm what they thought about you because they knew that you were Iranian. So yeah. they knew this whole time, but then Clueless comes out and says, here's a Persian mafia and everybody has BMWs and oil money and they're pretentious. Yeah. Now all of a sudden, oh, well, you must be that to some degree, or right. now I'm going to look for that in you. Right. Then fast forward a little bit and there were there was the House of Sand and Fog that came out and some people, or no, I totally forgot, not without my daughter, with Sally Field. I, didn't see I forgot that one. Well, Sally Field played an American woman married to an Iranian man. Mm -hmm. And then, and mind you, again, we talked about this earlier. I don't watch a lot of movies. Never watched this one. Mm -hmm. But I know the story. Oh, yeah, that's a clip, though. So she marries an Iranian man. They go back to Iran to visit. And in Iran, if a woman wants to leave the country, mm -hmm. he she has to get 
written permission from her husband. Got it. So she can't just go on her own. Got it. Um, Especially with a child. So the child thing is technically the same here as well. Like you can't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're not, you know, you have to get permission from your spouse to take your kid out of the country. Sorry. Yeah. Um, So anyhow, so he ends up, I guess, becoming an abusive husband Mm -hmm. and um, doesn't want to go come back to the States, wants Mm -hmm. to stay. And she ends up having to escape mm-hmm. from Iran with their with her child. I think it was a girl. I'm not. I can't remember. But she has to escape. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting. The route that she had to escape was the same route that like I had relatives who had to oh, take to escape. So, um, but when that came out, then it was oh you're oppressed. There was that view of like we're oppressed and the men are abusive and I mean the little clips that I saw of that um, did not resonate with me at all. Like it was nothing. I mean, Iranian families from what I have seen are very matriarchal women, very very strong. And um, yes, there are laws in Iran that are oppressive laws. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, I wouldn't deny that. But as far as the people and like for the majority, especially now in my experience, you know, it hasn't been that way. Right. Yeah. So then there was that. Then it was clueless. And then, you know, then 300 and Prince of Persia and all Mm -hmm. those other movies started to come out to give this other different perspective. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, keeping up with the Kardashians. No. Right. And then Shaws of Sunset. Are you familiar with Shaws of Sunset? So that's funny. So I know someone who's. Indian mm-hmm. and she she loves that stuff but she wasn't born in India I think okay. she's Canadian if I'm not mistaken she loves the Kardashians Shadows yeah. of Sunset and I, I remember watching one episode of Shadows of Sunset and you know me very well so reality TV for all those listeners I didn't like it at all yeah. I like just in general the representation that it does and we'll yeah. probably have another episode dedicated solely to how reality how reality TV supports something? that stuff. I do think that it's watching reality TV is almost like a clear example of how oh, these stereotypes hundred percent are self fulfilling prophecies. Like how they play some of these re- reality shows, they completely play into those roles. Uh, it's it's it, it on a personal level it disgusts me to yeah. see. And I don't know. I don't know them personally. Like yeah. I don't know Kim or Chloe or any of them or the K's or the Shaws of Sunset <laughs> folks. Uh, right. to, I don't know them personally, and I'll be honest with you, I've seen one episode of each my entire life, so yeah. I don't follow them, I don't, um, you know, I have my own opinions about it, I think, you know, the one episode of Keeping Up with the Kardashians that I saw was one years ago, years ago, um, Kim was being approached by Playboy to pose, and she didn't want to do any nude work. Um, and her mom was like encouraging her to do it. Mm-hmm. And I just really felt bad for her. Mm-hmm. Like I felt like, you know, she was an attractive person and I felt like she wanted to be good. Like not, not to say that it's bad yeah, to yeah. be one way or the other, but she had her own like moral ground, Correct. but she couldn't follow it because of like the things that her mom was like encouraging her to do and then being in that lifestyle and oddly enough we can talk about this later but i just want to bring it up with this whole like kanye becoming don't roll your eyes at me kanye becoming religious thing Uh. it's just kind of interesting like how supportive she is of him because i kind of feel like she is 
I think she does have this conservative side of her that she that was completely turned off Got because it. Of, again the stereotypes what do you yeah. need to do and hers I don't think hers is a cultural thing because if you know anything about Armenian culture that nothing that they do really is Armenian right. culturally <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but like it, it, it goes to what I wanted to talk about a little later but like the imagery of being a woman correct yeah Which right is a whole like, other, it's a, yeah. whole other it's a whole other conversation like I think yeah. being I think the influences and stereotypes of femininity and 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 being a woman were way stronger for me as an Iranian than any of the stereotypes because we weren't very represented correct right like yeah. so we didn't we weren't in every music video and <laughs> right, we weren't right, standing right. we weren't setting the bar of what was cool yeah, 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 yeah. Like, which is which is kind of which is kind of good and bad. And I wanted to touch on something you mentioned, where you said, you know, at these pivotal points, right? Clueless comes out, and you're seen one way. Mm-hmm. The, the can remind me of the name of the movie with with the the lady that moves to not without your daughter, not without, not without daughter, my daughter, not without my daughter. Yeah, right. You're now seen a different way, and yeah. it's and it's because so people often say like, well, I've had these con- this sort of a conversation about imagery separate for folks, separate with other people just in general, mm-hmm. and the folks that know me know that I'm very, 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 very critical of every role they cast a black person in mm-hmm. and how that person is shown mm-hmm. because you don't see the opposite. So for you, you don't see the balance. You don't, there's no balance, yeah. right? It's all this one way, whether it's a reality TV show showing people being as absurd and ridiculous as they can possibly get them to be, right? Because they, you know, and you hear things about these reality shows. They're whispering in this person's ear mm-hmm. off camera, mm-hmm. whispering in that. You know, they, they stir yeah. the pot a lot. Right? Oh, absolutely. Um, and some of it clearly is scripted because people don't talk that way. But um, <laughs> <laughs> But outside of that. <laughs> My constant point to folks is over time, everybody has this conversation about equality, whether it's race, whether it's gender, mm-hmm. whether it's sexual preference, whatever. True equality means balance, right? Mm-hmm. It means two on one side and two on the other. It right. means five pounds on one side and five pounds on the other. Agreed, agreed. It means sun on one side and sun on the other. It right. is true balance. <clears throat> it is not balance where all of the shows that depict you or in your case, it shows that depicts you now yeah. for Persia or the Middle East or that piece mm-hmm. of the world is keeping up with the Kardashians, yeah. Shahs of Sunset, and I don't know what else you have, right? Or yeah. what other representation yeah. you have. Um, and then for, for African American. We have Yara Shahidi. She's, but she's mixed. <laughs> <laughs> she's but now you, it's, it's hard because there's like, you know, you have all these other examples of all these other shows and people talk about all these other shows that are so great, but I can pull in, I can blindly pull any show and find, you know, uh, a white person that's down in their luck and they're a drug addict and they're yeah. drunk and yada, yada, yada. But I can also look at any TV commercial and see a white doctor, a white dentist, a white lawyer, a white professor, a white judge, a white attorney, right? Like there's so many other yeah. examples, right? Where their balance is there, where no one ever says, you are the you fit this mold because yeah. I see people on every side, whether you know sure. them personally in life or whether it's whether it's something that you see on TV, right? right. It's that it's that limited representation mm-hmm. that changes how people how people perceive things. And and I think I think the reality TV show, I actually think that that's a great example because people tend to lean on that and say that yeah, well these are real people, right? But I've seen 
an episode or two about, you know, all of the black ones. We got Love yeah. and Hip Hop and Basketball Wise and Atlanta Housewives and and I and I tell and I know I know a lot of black women that watch these shows. Okay. And I don't have any issue with it. I personally have an issue with it, but I don't have an issue with them watching sure. it. Because I understand that just like with any show, watching a train wreck is always interesting. You cannot take your right. eyes off of a train derailing, <laughs> right, right. going through a turn at 70 Whoever miles an hour and just it rolling. Matter. It doesn't right. matter who it is, it right? It, it is. is just awesome to see it. <laughs> but what I do tell them, what we do engage in conversations, and some of, some of them, they, they run the gamut. Some are just like, I'm absolutely clueless as to what you're saying. The others are just like, I completely get it. I would never participate in this. Yeah. And I don't. I don't support it in the way of this is who we are. It's just more, I'm watching a train wreck. But the issue for me is how many positive images of black women do you see right. on television actually handling this? Those roles are few and far between and right. they struggle in those ways. And I know people are going to say the first one, and I'm going to come back to this, but mm-hmm. people are going to say, what about Scandal? I haven't seen it. So Scandal is... Uh, Carrie Washington, who was in okay. the movie with, was in the, the Ray Charles movie with Jamie Foxx. And so she's this, she's this dynamic black woman that knows okay. all these folks in Washington, D.C. She's like a fixer, right? She can get uh-huh. you out of any problem. She has a whole team of people. She's as dominant as dominant can be. But guess what? The white president and his white wife, and I think they have a kid, she's having an affair with him. Uh, you see what I mean? Yeah. Instantaneously, all the credit, all her education, all her power, all her connection, everything mm-hmm. now ties to infidelity, home wrecking, mm-hmm. having an affair with a white guy, no less. Right? Takes away from yeah. that. Now, if you take that. I mean, a white president. I mean, obviously, it's got to be, right? <laughs> um, so for me, I personally have an issue with that. How come she can't be standalone and be great and awesome and have right. no, right. nothing that takes away from her moral integrity. Sure. Now, if you go, and I know there are a couple other shows, you know, Viola Davis has a show, et cetera, et cetera. But a lot of times you'll find other groups or men of other colors involved with these women. Uh-huh. And then the other thing is when you fast forward to the reality TV shows, what I've, I've talked about is no matter how much money these black women have, mm-hmm. no matter what skill set they have, mm-hmm. no matter what, if they have their own businesses or what. Mm-hmm. They still can't help but be extremely catty, mm. fight, yell, curse, whatever, throw drinks, pull hair, mm-hmm. be made up like, you know, Barbie one day and, mm-hmm. and a unicorn the next day and just all over the place. It's just not the representation of black women that I think about when I think about black women, mm-hmm. right? And there's, and it's just hard to find the counter. I can find Carrie, Carrie Washington. She's educated, all, but she's also having an affair with the president. Or yeah. I can find, you know, some random black woman way over here in left field. Yeah. But kind of, you know, but but where does where does she sit on that spectrum? And so, I, you know, that that's where, for me, where the perception piece of it kind of goes in um, a little bit more in depth because now there's now instead of creating roles mm-hmm. in the traditional sense of Television, where we're going to cast you as, you know, a mailman or cast you as, you know, doing some other menial tasks. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to use reality, reality TV as a new stepping off point to say, hey, you know what? These are real people. Right. 
these are real Persians. These are real Armenians. These are real Iranians. These are I just real... want to clarify that I'm very clear that keeping up with the Kardashians, they don't <laughs> represent Armenian people. Like they don't, they don't capitalize on that. They don't. I don't even think they talk about it. But I'm just letting me <laughs> clear. And, and that's the interesting thing, right? I know that you don't. But for people who are not that, right? For people that it, don't see that on a possible. regular basis. For people that are think about think about how insulated people think about think about work. And how mm-hmm. insulated people are. Right. I can go to work right now, go to our accounting department, and the Asians are all in their area, mm-hmm. right? Chinese, Taiwanese, whatever, mm-hmm. right? They eat together. Mm-hmm. They socialize together. They go back to neighborhoods where they live. Mm-hmm. Their schools that are sure. mat- are 99% mm-hmm. Chinese, right? Or 99% Asian, mm-hmm. right? They have a very insulated community. And I know we're going to talk in a different episode about... Uh, about segregation and social lines, but if you're that insulated mm-hmm. and you're not out hanging out with you being an Iranian woman and learning about your culture and your history, right. hanging out with me learning about my culture and history, there's no place else for me to pull from. Right. I agree. And that's one reason why, you know, it was so important for me to start the employee resource group at work to represent our communities and to just kind of share like, Hey, we're different. We're, I mean, we're not terrorists. We're not super religious. We're, <laughs> right. we're not all belly dancers. We're we're, not all- <laughs> oh, I forgot about that one. That's a good one. That's a good one. Because I think that's all through the 90s in any movie where anybody traveled to the Middle East they and went to like some nightclub. There were belly dancers everywhere. Exactly. We're not that all is belly hilarious. dancers. Uh, but yeah, just to kind of, you know, let people know like... We're here, and we've always been here, and it wasn't a big deal because it really isn't a big deal. Right, <laughs> right, right. We're just chilling. But I do want to go back to, I was looking up um, the name, Chandra, Chandra Wilson. Mm-hmm. She's an actress on Grey's Anatomy. Mm-hmm. It's like one of the few shows that I do watch religiously. Mm-hmm. And she is an African-American woman married to a, a very good-looking, amazing character. I don't know him in real life, obviously, but his character is like, everyone's I think dream guy uh black man and she is uh the chief of surgery Mm -hmm. uh, or the chief of the hospital Mm -hmm. actually Mm -hmm. now and um but I I do appreciate what I do appreciate the show about the show Grey's Anatomy is probably why I still watch it is that they really go out of their way to represent everyone Good. In a positive, in a positive way. way. I mean, there are there are the scandals, there are the affairs, yeah. but so far the affairs that I have seen have been primarily. Actually, no, everyone's participated. The <laughs> the uh, black male, he was a chief of chief of the hospital as well, but he had historically had an affair yeah. with another white surgeon, but mainly because she was a woman and he was a black guy, and so they were both the outcasts of the program. Oh, uh, gotcha. Right. And so, but it's, it's just interesting, but she's, uh, she's a, her and her husband in the show are great representations. There are other African Americans in the show, but both of the other two that are both amazing as well, very high integrity, uh, just, you know, beautiful inside and outside. Yeah. Uh, but in the show they're mixed. Yeah. 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 But that, but that's what I, that's still, what I, that's what I, 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 I just want you know that yeah yeah there the good I don't want us to like focus just on the negative stuff but there are there are 
good things that are coming out, yeah. which is great for our kids. Yes. You know, and but but it's still a challenge because it's not the majority. Correct. Right? It's not the majority of media yet. It's not the majority right. of things. Um and, you're, and you have yet. to you have to find it. Right? You have to kinda of have to yeah. look around and search around. Yeah, and, I think and, you have to want it, right? Like yeah. so, you know, there reality shows I get the train wreck and it gets interesting. Um, like I started to watch 90 day fiance. I mean, <laughs> I've heard about and that I loved too. it. I loved it. And I hated it at the same time. Um, but I just realized I don't, I don't like to see people struggling. I don't oh, just like, in general. It's gotcha. in general. Yeah. Like I just, it break. it's just, it makes me a, like, I like it, you but I'm it. just like, I don't want to feel it anymore. Like <laughs> I, there's enough stress and anxiety yeah. in real life. Like I don't need to add to it through, um, I'm a sensitive person apparently, but like, I don't need to add to it through like my leisurely yeah. time. Right. So with reality TV, right. These are like, I supposedly real people, <laughs> at least like with TV, like written shows and dramas, I can distinguish that it's just a show. Right. Right. Like, right. But this, but this, like, it's supposed to be real. This tries to pull, push people towards like, Oh, this is what actually happened. Right. And, exactly. And Even though is, I know it's, exaggerated and to, and and to be true, clear though. like and just one thing to cl- clear because people are like well if you don't if you don't watch the show i know a ton of people that watch this watch this sort of stuff yeah. i get all the cliff notes like if, <laughs> if you know there, there's not like oh well you need to see it no you don't you just need to <laughs> know somebody who watches it all the time and just like what? look this is the type of shit that they do on this show and you you already know what it's about yeah. it's like i don't need to watch 15 episodes of love and hip-hop to know what it's about like okay. it's a it's about watching black folks catfight Oh, okay. And people with a lot of money can't find. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. yes, there's some other people. Yeah. Oh, I'm trying to get my career off the ground. I want to be a singer. Like, yeah. same thing with Lana. But that's what it is at the end. The reality shows is to build and feed the trade rent. It's to add fuel yeah. to the speeding train. Absolutely. Like, for all of them. I'm not, let's not isolate. I don't want to isolate keeping up with the Kardashians and isolate sure, the yeah. black ones. That's for just all the ones of them. Yeah. There's those ones we know, but for all. Orange County and the one they have in New York and the you know the yeah. the, the New Jersey folks that did their reality show it's all, it's all, it's the, all same. the same it's all it's the same. all the same so how would you say that ha- knowing these things because um, like we talked about I could talk about the issues that like you know the 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 images of, of being a woman how that's yeah. impacted me we we got to cover that one yeah we got to cover that one we could talk yeah. about that I, I really want to talk about that too um but. How do you feel like, how do you feel these stereotypes have impacted you as a black man growing in the United States? Like, what were some of the struggles or or things that you had to, like, realize or overcome or are still trying to realize or still working on? I mean, I can, probably in three words, the hardest thing to overcome is that I'm intelligent. And that's really what it boils down for me at the end of the day, right? If you assume that I'm intelligent, then then there is no, you must be a criminal. There is no, you yeah. like the hoodie thing was always a big thing, right? And we talked about the, you know, Trayvon right. Martin and, and, and some of the other folks that have, that have been gunned down. There are plenty, I can go to UC Berkeley right now uh-huh. and there are a thousand, two thousand, five thousand kids with hoodies on walking around. Yeah. No one says anything. It says no. cow on the front of it, so you must be smart. Right. <laughs> if I wear it, it's a different thing depending right. on depending on where I am, right? So for me, it's the impact is that what you wear, what your facial hair looks like, if you have tattoos, what environment they see you in. Right. 
you must not be. Right. You can't be. Right. Right. So for the two gentlemen that got kicked out of the Starbucks. Oh, gosh. Yeah. They were dressed casually. Yeah. But but I can go in. I can go to the YouTube building, the Google building, the Facebook building. Everybody is dressed the same way. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The developers there that are making two hundred, three hundred, four hundred thousand dollars a year are dressed the same way that those two gentlemen are. But it can't be. Right. Right. So for me, the struggle is. You can't be smart. You can't be intelligent. You can't be a valuable representation of a black man. You can't be a good father. You can't be because A, that's not the image I've seen. Mm -hmm. B, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. I don't want to believe that. I've seen Obama because there'll be for, oh, I voted for Obama. You've seen Obama. You've seen countless other examples of black folks in Congress on the news whether they're Elijah Cummings, uh, right? Malcolm X, Martin Luther King, go even further. You back. You can go further back, yeah. but you, but those are all outliers. Mm. It's not the everyday black man that's that. It's the out. Yeah. Obama is just one. You can only have one black. Pre- Obama's just the one. That's it for the rest of our your, life. We're done. Your orator. Oh, that's that's MLK because I didn't like the ideas of Malcolm X, so we don't count him. Right. Right. So you know what I mean? Like, right. oh, he's violent and et cetera, et cetera, even though that wasn't his message Not at, at all. At, at all. Not right? all. Right. So for me, the biggest thing I struggle with is, is the, that I'm intelligent and that I can't be something better than what you think that I am or should yeah. be based on television, based on whatever, wherever you're drawing from. Right. Right. What about you? I think for me as a woman, um, it's mostly as a woman because I think being Iranian um, from a young age. Well, I guess you know. For, for okay, I can tell you this. So from a young age, we're pretty much told that we're going to either need to be doctors, lawyers, or engineers. That's right. it. So for me, kudos to your culture for that. But kudos to my culture. <laughs> but what it has done it has made me very insecure. Because mm, you're not that. I'm yeah. not any of those things. Right, right, right? right. So does that mean that I'm not good enough because I'm none of those things? Right, right, right. right. I'm not. I'm, I don't have a master's degree, so yeah. You know, who cares about how much success I've had in my life, and who cares about all of the things that I've accomplished, or what type of human being I am, or whatever? I don't have those things, so I'm. I sometimes feel small when I'm mm. in my community. Mm-hmm. Like I'm mm-hmm. not good enough. Maybe I shouldn't say anything. Maybe I should just kind of like. So for me, as a as an Iranian, that's kind of been my challenge that I've had to overcome. And um, oddly enough, one way I've overcome it is by surrounding myself with people who are those things and realizing, yeah, I, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> And that's why and that's why we have that's part of our tagline for our podcast, right? When I surround myself with doctors and lawyers and attorneys and other folks that are high up there, and the same thing for me too. I know lawyers and heads of business and, and finance, VPs, et cetera, et cetera, we're not so different. We're not so different. Right? Very true. Very true. But as a woman, I feel like a lot of the challenges is is, you know, one because I was outgoing and cute and sassy in a flirty kind of way mm-hmm. when I was younger, people were surprised that I was smart. Mm, right. And that was offensive to me. Yeah. Um, you know, just the, the whole being uh, objectified and um, things like that, that those were the biggest, those I think had a lot more impact for me. I see what you mean. Yeah. You know, and I can see that too. Just kind of obsessing over the looks of it all. Mm -hmm. Right. So, but 
at the end of the day, I think the most important thing is, is that, you know, taking that time to self-reflect and, and working through all of those things and recognizing it so that we can do better for other people right. and for the next generation and for our kids. Right. right? So. And, that, and that's what we're doing here, right? Yeah. Counter the notion of culture ignorance. Yeah. Right through intellectual candor. And that's exactly that. It's like you have to fight those things simply yeah. through conversation. So someone, mm-hmm. when someone engages you, engages me or engages you, either you as, as a good looking woman and saying, oh, you must be this and you must be that. Uh-huh. Right. Or, or me as a black man and, and, oh, you have a hoodie on today and you're going shopping in a store mm-hmm. that sells, you know, whatever. And I think it's too expensive for you. Right. 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 You, you just engage them on a different level. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's why we're here for. And just to remind everyone that we're not so different. We're not so different. Thank you all for listening. Feel free to give a shout out at our email address. Again, that's wnsdifferent at gmail.com. We'd love to hear your feedback as well as your ideas. Thanks a lot. It was nice chatting with you. Always. Talk to you.